guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is uh, another episode of the Missional Student Podcast. I am John here with my co-host, Phil. Great to be with you. And so the Missional Student Podcast is an extension of missionalstudent.com, which is a blog page designed to be a toolbox to equip uh, what was the tagline? We exist to equip students to live on mission every day. Very good. And that's part of what we do here with the podcast is we exist to equip students to live on mission every single day. And so there's a bunch of really cool blogs, but there's also this really great ebook and this really great quiz for you to take as well. The quiz is how missional are you? And the ebook is how to do short-term missions. That came from Phil's direct experience leading short-term missions. And it's just a daily devotional and uh, a time to do that. Uh, Also, if you love this podcast, please give us a review and a rating and subscribe because that's the best way to get in front of other people. And as an example, we have someone who reviewed and rated us. Yeah, we have a great review from Wright Student Ministries in Florida. And they said, as a student pastor who desires to equip our students to do missions well, both globally and locally, this podcast is a great resource. We will be using it to lay some groundwork for local missions week. We've have coming up this summer, and more importantly, to equip our students to continue to live on mission after the project week is over. So thank you, Wright Student Ministries, for the shout-out, and uh, we hope that this is a great resource to, if you're a Wright Student Ministries student, Lord, go live on mission. I'm proud of you guys. Chase Jesus with us together. Exactly. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I've been talking with them, and there's been some really cool stuff that has come out of that. So that's they're just they're just great. And so we are going through this series. Uh, We're almost finished with our series on missional rhythms. And so, Phil, why don't you tell us a little bit about missional rhythms? Yeah, well, we reviewed last week the different rhythms we've been talking about, but basically habits to live on mission, to live as a missionary. And so we're going to continue talking about missional sharing today. And to do that, can I, can I start with a story? I think that would be on point from like last week, you know, talking about telling stories, sharing, sharing our story. Sharing your story. Yeah, well... I have three little boys, you know, oh no, it's a dad story. Yes, it is, you know, and so I remember just a a few days ago, not too long ago, we uh, were driving somewhere and Asher, my second born, was sitting next to my third born, Jackson, who is 18 months and just making noises basically. And Asher had some goldfishes, you know, those delightful little cheesy type crackers, who knows what they're made of. They're the snack that smiles back. So Asher is eating his goldfish and enjoying them. And Jackson, our 18 month old, is asking for them. And he's reaching and he's groaning like 18 month olds do like, oh, fishy, you know, and he wants it. And Asher says, no, these are my fishy. And I said, Asher, Maybe you should share your fishies. What if you were the one without any goldfish? Wouldn't you want someone to share them with you? And I said, just give them maybe one or two. Can you do that? And Asher goes, no, they're my fishies. And at that moment, I was like, okay, dad has a choice. Do I dictate that he share or do I just let it go and say, you know what? They are his. And uh, it would be best for him to share, be kind for him to share, it'd be loving for him to share. But you know what? That is his choice. And I'm going to let God work in his heart. And so I just said something along the lines of, all right, well, I don't think you would like that if you were Jackson. And he just stares out in the distance and he's like eating his fishies. He's like, here you go, Jackson. And he gives Jackson some fishies. And I was like, yes, he got it. Hopefully, you know, God made a way into his heart and convicted him of his selfishness. But that idea of sharing, you know, and I think I love that we're calling this rhythm sharing because 
it should be less about a gospel presentation and about and more about I think sharing the gospel. To whom much is given, like man, we should be so just likely, more likely to share what we've been given. And so, and you know, you can't outgive God. It's not like once God gives you his grace, his forgiveness through Jesus and his work on the cross, it's not like you can say, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to give that away because I get less. You actually, I think in some sense, get more because you get to experience that grace again in someone else's life. And so as we think about sharing Jesus again, how are you, you know, today, this week, how are you just giving some of what you've been given in light of the gospel? So we, last week we talked about we speak of what we love, and we, we looked at First Peter 2.9. It says, you know, you've been saved, you've been called a chosen people, and why? That you may declare the praises who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And just in the next chapter of First Peter is this verse that is used a lot, especially in the context of apologetics, defending your faith, but also in the context of sharing about Jesus. It says, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. This is First Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Again, remember, this is a hope that you have, and you're answering people when they ask a reason. You have an answer. You're like, this is what I want to share. And, uh, and it says, but do this with gentleness and respect. Are you ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within you? Are you, are you willing and ready to share that hope with those who are far from Jesus? How do you think about that sharing idea, that the paradigm of like, sharing the gospel present you know as opposed to presenting yeah i know and because i have a fantastic memory we use this passage in our when we talked about missional living as well and i think this is this is this is why sharing comes directly after missional living because as we talked about i'm not going to rehash it but as we talked about in that episode in that episode these people were asking were being asked because of the way they were living and so you're already living differently and distinctly from other people and now you need to be ready to answer when people ask i think and i talked about this last week but i think there's a tendency for us to always be like i'm just gonna live the way jesus want do this like passive evangelism thing where i'm just gonna live the way jesus wants me to and i'm not gonna tell people about jesus i'm just gonna like be there and but also there's a point of like if you do that people will ask you if you live counterculturally people will, will ask you and you need to be be there and if god has truly done something amazing in your life you will talk about it and you will share it because it is something that is incredible that is ha like like every other incredible event that has ever happened to you you will share it with people regardless if they ask or not but especially if they ask if i climb mount everest one summer and someone asked me what did you do over the summer i'm not going to be like oh you know nothing i'm going to tell them i climbed mount everest that summer if someone if i climb mount everest over a summer and nobody asked me what i did over the summer i would be like so what did you do over the summer Oh, that's cool. I climb Mount Everest. <laughs> it's the idea of you share about what you love and you share about unforgettable things that have happened to you. And meeting the creed of the universe is one of those said unforgettable things, or right. should be. That's spot on. Yeah, we talk about what we love, like we talked about last week. And so today I want to look at a neat passage in Acts 17. This is one of the this is one of the coolest passages in the New Testament, especially when we think about living as a missionary. And here we have Paul on a mission, missionary journey right and it finds him in greece okay and not just greece but athens which you know for centuries was the religious capital of the world okay when uh, during alexander the great and the greeks who ruled so much of the known world and then this massive empire 
Athens was the center, and it was filled. It, it was an incredibly religious culture. Um, there's temples on every corner, you know, in the same way we had like a Starbucks on every corner. They had like a temple on every corner, and they just were pursuing uh, spirituality and religion. And Paul ends up there. Okay, we're going to read from Acts 17, just a few verses, and it says, "So he reasoned in the synagogue with both." with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks. Okay, so first thing he does is he finds those who are somewhat religiously minded like him. And he went to the synagogues where the Jews, who they had not bowed the knee to Jesus, the Messiah yet, but he said, hey, they've got a framework for Yahweh, for the Old Testament, and the Old Testament talks about the coming king, the coming Messiah, and here I'm going to go and present Jesus with these Jews and these God-fearing Greeks. And it says... But not just there. He didn't just go to the synagogue, though. And this is huge, okay? Because so often, and I'm, I'm going to call out pastors right here, and if you have a youth pastor and he hasn't left the church building in the last three months, you need to call him out on it, okay? Because to live on mission means to leave that space that the religious establishment embodies, okay? We need to go. We need to go into our communities, into our neighborhoods, into our society, all right? So Paul does that. He goes to the religious area. He goes to the synagogues, but then it says, as well, he goes into the marketplace day by day with those who happen to be there, okay? The marketplace. Do you think that's significant? I would have to say so, and I love the, I don't know if you're going to touch on this, but, or if you were planning on touching this, but I love the way that he he went about this. So he started with people who had a, where the conversation was easy. He started with people where he could build off of something else, where he went to people who had similar thinking, similar framework. These were the people who always already understood that God was there was one God. Some of them already knew about Yahweh. Others were maybe just monotheistic. And then he went there. And then after that, he then took that success. Because once you have success, you kind of get inspired to do right. more and more and more. I'm in sales and marketing. When I make a sale, I want to go out and make another sale because you have that inertia and that energy. He took that and then he went to people who had no framework for what he was talking about. He went out from the religious institution, from where evangelism was easy, and then he moved to where evangelism was more difficult, where people were like, God, which one? We have many gods. Wh- which one Which one are you talking about? Yeah. And he was like, no, no, this is the God. Um, yeah. And he went into the marketplace, and he went into the day-to-day. Yeah, that's a great point. That's spot on. And as you're, you're speaking about that, I was thinking, conversations I've had about faith with those who aren't Christians, who don't follow Jesus, they happen very easily with very religious people of other faiths. Ooh. You know, so people who are very zealous for whatever they believe, it could be new age spirituality. It could be yoga is their spiritual worship, right? It could be literally, uh, they could be a Muslim, a Jew. They could be, you know, of a, a denom- uh, you know, kind of a Christian denomination that man has just left some of the, the truth, but they're passionate about it. And it's like, hey, you could talk to them about religious things pretty easily. It's easy to enter into conversation with those people. So in the same way, man, these people are going to synagogue to worship Yahweh. They are there to talk about Yahweh. Paul shows up. Let me talk about Yahweh. And let me talk about Yahweh's son, Jesus. Do you see how easy that is? And so in the same way, you know, you might meet a Mormon who, man, they believe in Jesus. Oh, yeah, and he's, he's kind of God's son. But is he God? Is he God of gods? Is he Yahweh Lord? Is he, um, like Colossians describes, is he the exact manifestation of his glory? You know, is he the very, is he deity in human form? Like, and, and oh, hey, well, 
a passionate Mormon is ready to talk about those things. And so it's easy sometimes to talk to very religious people about Jesus. And so Paul, I think, identifies that. And so as you kind of share that, I, I think you're spot on. It's like, man, there are places where it's natural to talk about spiritual things. And I think that's kind of a, a, a first easy application um, from missional sharing for today is, hey, where do some of those spiritual conversations happen in your community? Not, not those Christian the Christian, no, I have a Bible study uh, before school on Tuesday mornings. Okay, that's great. Do that. Be a part of that. But who are the people who like talking about philosophy, who like talking about things other than Fortnite and sports, okay? Like, who are those people who really want to know about meaning and purpose? And maybe they're religious people. Maybe they're very not, you know, some of the easiest people to talk about religion with are like those atheists who are just so against God. I remember one time I was coaching cross country and this one student was like, oh yeah, you know, Phil, I'll see you at youth group tonight and start talking about church. And, and this girl just says, I don't go to church. I'm an atheist. Eighth grader, you know, I don't go to church. I'm an atheist. Um, and I'm like, oh, cool. Tell me about that. And, and she told me why and some of that journey. It was easy because she was very passionate about her beliefs. See that as an opportunity to just get an inroads into someone's life. And so uh, just, you know, find those places where conversations are happening and, we're, and those people who are willing to talk about faith. And again, don't enter in with this idea that, oh, I am the savior of this group. Okay. I believe the truth is on the side of Jesus. I believe God's word is true. But go in as a listener, ask questions, just like we've followed through all the rhythms. How can you listen? How can you share a meal with these people? Build that relationship. And then, like we talked about last week, how can you share a reason for the hope that's in you? And so, uh, and I love this word reasoned. It says he reasoned in the synagogue and then in the marketplace. Okay, you ready for a Greek lesson, John? Absolutely. Okay. This, I don't know if we do Greek to bits much. I know that that's probably going to be scaring off half of our listeners. Don't worry, Phil is not fluent. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. He's not the expert here. I am not the I'm expert. I'm not the expert here. <laughs> so the word reasoned there in Greek is dialegomai. Can you say that one more time? Dialegomai. Gesundheit. Thank you. Okay, do you hear an English word that may sound like dialegomai? It sounds like you're saying, you're you wanting me to say dialogue? Oh, ring, 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 ring. Yeah, no, you're spot on. Exactly right. And, you know, a lot of our English words have Greek and Latin roots, and this would be one of them. And in, when they translated dialogue of mine into English, they got reasoned. Okay, in English, the word dialogue is to have a conversation, to re- let's reason together. Okay? Don't get this image of Paul in the marketplace again building a ladder that he climbs up on and says, men of Athens, repent. I am the messenger from Jesus. Okay. He was ready and willing to talk about Jesus, but he was having a dialogue with people, a conversation with them. It was that, that image that cup of coffee represents that we talked about last week. Yeah. It's this idea of, um, you know, or like we talk about in missional eating, this idea of food or coffee or drink, it's conversation, it's listening. It's why are you an atheist? So why do you believe that? Right. Okay, let me tell you what I believe. It's a back and forth, not just a preaching from the pulpit. Yeah, it's two directional, you know, and that man necessitates. Hear me here. I know when you're talking about, G- especially spiritual things in Jesus, and you you don't want to screw up the gospel. You're thinking a lot about what you're saying. But one of the most effective things you can do in sharing Jesus is, as you share, listen to what they're saying. Watch their response. 
Um, if something you said turns them off severely, you can tell that, man, well, that seemed to like really hit a button there. Ask about that. Why does that bother you? Why does what I just said kind of show concern, show care, have a, have a two-directional conversation? I have a fun story, not having to do with spiritual things about this. This actually happened earlier this week, but I went in with my job to talk to a business about advertising on the radio. And I walked in and I just introduced myself and I told him where I was from. I was like, I'm from this radio station. And she looked at me dead in the face and she goes, get out of here. <laughs> and I was like, I was a little turned off and I was like, may I ask why? Turns out she was just joking. She was messing with me. Another radio station had been calling her nonstop yesterday. And so we had a wonderful conversation, but I could have responded in two ways. When she said that, as a joke, I could have been like, okay, you're an awful person. Thank you. Goodbye. Or I did what I did, which is I asked questions. And I said, may I ask why? I'm just curious. Why do you want me to leave? I'll leave. That's fine. But I just want to know why. Did something happen? Can I overcome something? Right. And that led to a conversation, which led to a, a business card, which led to a, hey, stop by. I don't have time, but let's talk more. Right. Yeah, just because we're talking about missional sharing doesn't mean you can forget everything we've talked about thus far. And remember we said, seek to understand before being understood. And as soon as you have opportunities to understand a little bit more about their perspective, man, show interest in that. But then always thinking about, okay, how does Jesus want me to apply the gospel to this person's situation? What lie does he want me to use truth to try to correct, gently correct, with respect? What maybe mi mis characterization of Christianity? Can I help dissuade? Um, and so always doing that. Now, it's interesting because Paul is having these conversations in the marketplace and he starts getting a name for himself. Oh, that's that guy that's talking about this faith. And so as they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus where they said to him, may we know what this teaching is that you're presenting. Now, this is where in Athens, it was up on the mountain. This was like, this was the place where they would hear lectures and have great just presentations about different beliefs and philosophies. And they're like, okay, let's bring this guy up. Sounds like he has some new information for us. Didn't Socrates and Plato, weren't they there? No, they weren't there. At, they were both dead. But they, I think I think I heard somewhere that yeah. they caught at that place as yeah. well. That just gives the prestige that, of... That sounds right. Yeah, so it's just very much so. This was a place of intellectual discipline is like hey and we want to bring this guy paul up here and we want to hear what he has to say okay so this is again this is act 17 that we're looking at and then it says paul then stood up in the meeting and he says this people of athens i see that you in every way are very religious okay what does that mean what was paul doing one he was establishing common ground and he was he was seeking to understand them before he went like everything we had literally just talked about. And yeah, he was leading the conversation. Totally. Yeah, and he he's observing things. He's a learner. He's trying to understand what makes these people tick. What do they believe? And how can I find out what they believe and connect that to Jesus and to the gospel? So then, look what he does. It says, and Paul, this is Paul talking. He says, For as I walked around, I see that you're very religious. And as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship. I even found an altar with this inscription. Okay, he's not just checking it out casually. He's like, oh, yeah, look at this idol. Oh, look, another idol. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, he is reading the inscriptions. He's thinking. He's trying to understand. And, it's, and he says, the inscription on this one altar was this, to an unknown God. To an unknown God. So, like, they were so religious of a people that they wanted to make sure if there's a God out there we don't know about, we're going to worship him, too. We're going to offer a sacrifice to him, too. That's how passionate of a religious people they were. And Paul sees this as his end. This is the leverage. He says, 
And this is what he says. So you are ignorant, you don't know, of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. And then he goes in and talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ. This man who came, lived a perfect life, claimed to be God, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. He's like, what will you do with this one? You know, and so, you know, how are we looking for those open doors to talk about Jesus? Yeah, and this this passage here is used a lot in missions context to talk about contextualization. When you go into another culture, you know, you find something that is similar to the gospel and you use that as an in. But that doesn't have to be just, that idea isn't just useful for if you're going into a unreached people group or a tribe. It is useful wherever you go. Like, like we said at the beginning, some of the most blatant atheists are the most open for spiritual relationships. I know urban missionaries who will go and meet with these new agey neo-pagan worshipers and they'll be like, so I see that you're very spiritual. Let's talk about that. Right. Oh, I see you're wearing a crystal. I see that you're a spiritual person. I am also a spiritual person. I believe in Jesus. And let's talk. Yeah. And in order to really have that conversation, though, like we said, you have to know their language hmm. and you have to know where they're coming from and you have to be able to speak. And that's like what Paul did. Paul heard their language. Paul knew their language. He said, I, I see that you guys are all very religious and I see this idol. I understand you are so religious. You're covering your bases. Let me tell you who this idol is. He paid attention and he saw the inscription. He didn't just go like, yeah, no, I see you guys have lots of gods. This is the one God that you should be worshiping in the same way. He's like, I see you're very spiritual. I'm, you know, it's using their language, using their words, communicating in them to with them in a way that they would understand as yeah, well. That's spot on. Yeah. Finding that common ground is just huge. And I think the more we can do that, the more fruitful conversations we'll have and it's exciting i don't know if you've had like some of these conversations that have just led so naturally to spiritual things and then you had an opportunity to share jesus and you got like halfway into it and you're like oh my goodness i'm doing it i'm talking about jesus like i prayed for this but you know and it's just but it just happened and the difference of that feeling and how you walk away from that feeling and that gospel sensation with a stranger that just felt very conjured that felt in a box there it was a one-way conversation it's like but you walked away from that two-way like hey yeah let's talk more about this sometime oh cool looking forward to it as opposed to get out of my face i never want to hear from you again or worse it gets into a debate you know because everyone thinks they know and it's like a facebook discussion right and no mm -hmm. one wins no one's listening and so that's what we want to do we want to find that common ground it's it's so neat because if you keep reading paul as he's sharing he even quotes a, an Athenian poet. You know, he says, For in him we live and move and have our being. He's talking about God, this Yahweh. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So it's like he knows them well enough that he can quote their think the thinkers in their culture and their society who are respected. It's like, how can we use the language of our culture and our society, of our schools, the, the information, the voices that, your friends are being exposed to. How can you use those voices to talk about Jesus and to point people towards Jesus? Yeah. And this all, again, just comes from listening and hearing and understanding. And um, yeah, letting the, I think oftentimes we, when we get into spiritual conversations, we want to try and lead the conversation at all times. But it's okay to like let the other person lead the conversation mm. and to trust God and trust the Holy Spirit as the conversation is going and who knows, maybe a tangent might turn into something else and then back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Good. And not every conversation has to lead to a conversion conversion. Yeah. As well. That's good. So 
We got four kind of action items this week. Wow, yeah. four. We're really we're, we're gonna run through them. We're going we're going one 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 <laughs> four. <laughs> You're gonna help me run through these, and this is just a review of what we talked about thus far. All right, so I'll start, and then uh, you do the next one. Right. So first is look for conversation. Where in your lunchroom, on your college campus, in your neighborhood, on your sports team, where are the people who naturally have some of these conversations about spiritual things? And how can you find a place to just jump in and be part of those? Um, surround yourself with those people who are interested in spiritual things, whether or not they follow Jesus. The next one is be a learner. Listen to them. Understand where they're coming from. Learn about them. Seek to understand before you seek to be understood as you are going through these conversations and don't go into it thinking that you have all the answers because you very well might not and there's you'll most likely learn something about yourself and about your faith from having conversations with people i had apologetics project where we had to figure out when i was in college and we had to figure out how to effectively minister to various people groups and one of the aspects was what can you learn from this people group what what do they understand about god that you don't understand and how can you take that positive and do that with these conversations that's good yeah so you know so look for a conversation be a learner third watch for open doors where are those opportunities to intersect people's lives with the gospel sometimes that's like a moment of pain a moment of difficulty where people are trying to make sense of the world and they, it's not computing and so look for those open doors. Look for that person that's talking about, oh, yeah, I hate church. I hate Christians or anything having to do with religious things. Hey, that's an opportunity to enter in and to, you know, begin having conversation about Jesus. We have look for conversation, be a learner, watch for open doors, and then find common ground. Emulate Paul in this way and find a way that you can. You guys are together in the same way as you're developing a friendship. You're developing a relationship. So find a thing that you guys like that you can build off of and you can continue to go there and find some sort of spiritual common ground. Even if it's something like, oh, I don't go to church. Cool, I go to church. Let's talk about this. Right. Church. It's the common ground. And move from there. So that's kind of your challenge this week is we just seek to share our stories with people who are far from Jesus. We share what God has done, and then we share ultimately about what Jesus did by him, the Son of God, God himself becoming man, living the perfect life, the life that every one of us should have lived, and then living that to the point of dying on the cross for our sins. God put our sin upon him, like 2 Corinthians 5, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so our sin is put upon him. God's judgment is placed on Christ, uh, forsaking him, killing him. And then Christ rose from the dead, conquering our sin and conquering death. So that even though we die one time, there will be a second resurrection. And there is hope, there is forgiveness through Jesus on the cross. And we get to share that story that there can be peace with God through Jesus. Phil's book recommendations. Hey, I have an excellent one here that I read in college, which I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was. It's 55 years ago. It's starting to get embarrassing. By William Fay, who uh, was an interesting guy. He, he did not grow up a Christian at all. Uh, really went just uh, headfirst into sin and a lot of things the world has to offer, whether it be materialism, owning things and finding pleasure in stuff or finding pleasure in people and sin. And just hit rock bottom, and he found Jesus. And you'll never find someone who more boldly shares Jesus with others. And the book is called Share Jesus Without Fear 
by William Fay. William Fay, Share Jesus Without Fear. It's a great one. It's inspiring to hear his story and to be reminded that every person we meet is no mere mortal, as C.S. Lewis says, right? You've never met a mere mortal. And I really like his, this is a new method in kind of in the 20, 30 years ago, you'd have things like, if you die today, would you go to heaven? And I think in a post-Christian culture, that struggles to connect with people who don't believe in God, don't believe in heaven, and don't believe the Bible very often. And so how do we have conversations with people like that? I think William Fay presents a different kind of method, and he's, he always begins his conversations with the question, do you have any spiritual beliefs? Mm. And I think that's helpful, where it's like, hey, if you have spiritual beliefs, everyone likes to talk about them. And again, it's being that learner, being that listener. And then he leads from there into, if you were wrong— would you want to know? And if they say, ah, oh, no, you're done. But if they say, what do you mean? Or you say, well, this is what the Bible says. And you're able to take them straight to the word and present the gospel from the word. And so it's just a neat method, a great one to have in your toolbox. It's helpful. So as you get in conversations with people about Jesus. Yeah. And so uh, let us know what you think of the book. Let us know what you thought of sharing Jesus without freaking out by Alvin Reed from last week, if you guys read that. Or, I mean, also a week is a not that long of a time to read a book. So let us know what you think of any one of the books that we've recommended. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Missional Student. Um, message all of those places. Follow all of those places. You can also email longer stories at info at missionalstudent.com. Let us know how you did with the challenge last week of telling people about Jesus or how you know this week goes with sharing your story or even if you just did one of the four challenges, how that went and share that story. We would love to hear from you. Write a review like Right Student Ministries did at the beginning of the podcast and we will read it on the podcast. Write a review. That's the best way to get us in front of other people. Also subscribe and then just tell your friends. Again, you talk about what you love. So if you love this podcast, talk about it. Uh, share it with other people. We will be back next week with the final episode of our Missional Rhythm series. Yeah, it's true. And if you, as you've been listening to the podcast, have been applying these principles, if you have a story of how God used one of these rhythms to really allow you to make a connection with someone and to begin to share Jesus with someone, man, email us, info at missionalstudent.com. You could message us too. Um, we would love to feature that on the blog. I think it's so encouraging when you hear stories of other people who are following Christ in obedience and not being selfish with the good news of Jesus, but actually sharing it with others. So if you got a story, man, we'd love to hear it. And we'd love to feature that on our blog, missionalstudent.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm John. And I'm Phil. We are Missional Student. We exist to equip students to live on mission every day. Go live on mission. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.